stock there's weird faces around the block break loose from the chains of your normal routine call jay wed and scotty mac to call big philly for a really weird dude call we ear fay a weird faith for the weirdness people we hear welcome to the weird faith podcast <laughs> So great to have you weirdos back. My name is Josh. I'm Phil. I'm Scott. And we have an awesome episode in store for you all today. But before we do anything, Scott's going to give some shout outs to some people who commented to let us know that they love us and they see us yes. and they want to watch us. First off, <laughs> there was a lot of love given to uh, Phil's amazing intro last uh, last episode oh, it was the best way and better that, than what i just did. what he just did <laughs> so basically what we just experienced was fills up the bar really high and now we're just trying to top we'll, it we'll never get there uh comment below if you know exactly what josh was doing uh because we'll love you more if you know that deep cut yes let's see with some comments uh first off we need to address the elephant in the room because apparently janie carico said some bad things on youtube and I got blocked. It. I'm just kidding, Janie. Uh, <laughs> you said something that you said you 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 know you watched it and you said something, but you can't remember what you said. I say that all the time. I don't remember anything that I say. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what happened. Must have been a glitch. Your comment, I guess, disappeared. But that's okay. Hmm. Uh, Samantha Audia said, "I would love to have arm fall off boys' powers. Short girl problems. Spatulas do the same job, I guess. So, Blorp. Phil agreed with <laughs> you on that one. Yeah. Uh, Nesha said, "I definitely experienced burnout a lot." Uh, Sigmund also said ditto on the burnout. Uh, then see Scott Fowler said, I can't believe no one picked Bible man. We, we didn't mention him, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, well, well, we, we had <laughs> that last one. We had like three takes. We mentioned oh, it. In uh, one of the takes. Yeah. I don't know. He was had, mentioned. Uh, we did talk about Bible and Larry man. boy. I don't know if it, and Larry boy, I don't know if they made the final cut of the episode <laughs> that aired. Normally we only do um, one, but sometimes the computer, Decides it Listen, doesn't want to work. That was yeah. a bad night. Our, my, our, my computer burnt out yeah. during that episode. And which leads to the next one. Brian Sanders said, you guys have had too much caffeine, which you didn't know we had a bunch because it was like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. yeah, that was our first late night episode. I don't remember if we mentioned that. I think I we think did. So. We did on one um, of the recordings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Scott Fowler, though, good looking out on Bible Man. Yeah, I mean, that was super, awesome. Super a good, underrated. A good one. Yeah. Phil commented on his own video that featured his own intro and said the most amazing intro ever absolutely so undisputed well self-served I mean, it was i loved the juxtaposition of the <clears throat> podcast npr style podcast into <laughs> the weird phase. all of that together it, yeah it was so bizarre like we didn't really know what was <laughs> that would going be on my favorite just... thing just to continue like take like weird right turns that have nothing to do with anything yeah and just yeah. go all in on that was, it was amazing it was good. so yeah that's most of our shout outs uh, according to youtube we had some more on uh instagram but they're mostly about our intro uh one king sports gave us an awesome uh shout out on instagram they took basically all the emojis in your phone from Mario. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that was pretty cool. Uh, that so, was, that was cool. That, well done on that one. We're, we're, we're uh, really creative. So, yeah. All right. So, we're going to go into our 
uh, weird facts. But first, we got to hear what the topic is for tonight. Yes, so excited about this one. It's been a long time coming. Uh, I almost, let me start by saying to you, I feel like I probably am the least worthy to host this one because I feel like of the three of us, I'm probably the third most knowledgeable on the topic. But we are going to, drum roll please, Star Wars. (laughs) Scott wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Scott wasn't ready. Come on, Scott. Uh, This might be really loud into the mic. But uh, uh, shout out to... Little Zacky Tomko? Yes, Little Zacky Tomko. Zach Tomko gave me this awesome lightsaber to use just yeah, for that. This is the best. For just sure. for that 10 Thanks. seconds. Or, yeah, Crazy. It's, it's I got insane. my uh, Grogu ah, Galaxy's Christmas. Greetings Christmas shirt. Mm. Couldn't find my other one. I have three Star Wars shirts, and two of them are Christmas ones. So Nice. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Zach. Seriously, I had him bring that all the way here just so I could wave it around for 10 seconds. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, uh, not including the time that I'm sure that we'll end up playing with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Zach, it's not going to come back to you in one piece. There's absolutely no way. No, <laughs> I've, this I, is a super My nice little $5 one's from Amazon. <clears throat> there you go. There we'll you break go. easily against that thing. It's pronounced amazing. Amazing. <laughs> uh, but no, we have some weird facts for Star Wars, so I'm going to turn things over to Phil and Scott. We'll start with Phil over here on yeah, some weird Star Wars facts. I'm going to just facts. talk about the impact that Star Wars has had on culture and on society. There's Nine core movies in the uh, Skywalker saga, uh, and then two standalone movies. Can you name them? Solo and Rogue One. Yeah, Solo and Rogue One. And just the movies combined have made $10 billion. Those 11 movies. I think I would have guessed more. I I mean, that is an insane number, but I just feel like the... I was guessing, but at the same time, like the ones that from the 70s and 80s... Like, I want to see their numbers compared to numbers today. It's a crazy number. So on top of the movies, then you have animation. That doesn't include Clone Wars. It doesn't include the shows, uh, apparel, the rides, all those different things. The holiday special. Yes. I meant to bring a picture of Grandpa uh, Chewbacca or whatever. Amazing. You could Google that. It's grotesque. (laughs) (laughs) No one, I tried to watch it, and it is unbearable. It's unbearable. Yeah. They don't talk half the time. It's mostly the Wookiees uh, just grunting at each other. What's it sound like? Grr, grr. <laughs> That's what the grandpa one sounds like, I guess. Uh, so, but compi- combined, all those different, the Star Wars IP, they said combined has made $50 billion over, over all those years. And for, I have contributed a lot of that to it. Yeah. <laughs> for comparison, uh, that is the gross domestic product of the country of Lithuania for a year. Step it up, Lithuania. Yeah. So if they would have, you know, just spent their money better, there could be a country of, you know, I don't know, Star Wars or Republic. If you could only have the one Lucas Republic. Yeah, there you go. For the rest of your life. What'd you say? If you could only have one for the rest of your life. Lithuania would you Star Wars. Have Star Wars. I mean, or everyone and everything in Lithuania. <laughs> you know. Come on, man. I'm sure the answer <laughs> should be Lithuanian. I bet if we I'm just not going to answer because my answer will get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they're very entertaining. I would pick Lithuania. Yeah, absolutely. Star Wars is fantastic. So 1977 <laughs> is when the first Star Wars came out. You were there. Set, yeah, absolutely. Uh, right over here in the Grand. <laughs> no, I wasn't there. Uh, 
but it set the tone for space movies uh, in general and kicked off so many space-themed things like games like Space Invaders, uh, Asteroids, shows like Star Trek and uh, Battlestar Galactica, uh, movies like Alien, which came out just a little bit after that, and then Independence Day even, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and really every uh, movie, even in any type of sci-fi, is going to trace its roots back to Star Wars. Uh, it also uh, inspired so many filmmakers to get into the business, like James Cameron, mm. uh, which is Titanic and Avatar, and then Peter Jackson, which is Lord of the Rings, and uh, some other movies, I think. And also musicians like Weird Al Yankovic. He actually has done a lot of songs about Star Wars, but his very first big hit was on... Yoda, right? What's that? Yeah. Is it the Yoda, Yoda one? Uh -huh. yeah. How's it go again? Yoda. I'm... Yo, 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 That's it. Because it. it's Lola. It's the yeah, that's that's it. parody song. I try to remember the other ones, but I can't uh, remember them. The, the other one is... Uh, uh, I didn't know there were more there's Star a few. Wars Weird Al songs. Uh, I, I'll think of it at some point. Huh. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's inspired so <laughs> many, many crazy things in the world, including in 1995, there was a little movie called Toy Story that came out. And it's the first feature-length computer animated film ever released, and that begun a whole new era of quality cartoons uh, created by Pixar, which began in 1979 as part of Lucasfilm's computer division before being spun off into its own company. So if you wow. don't have Star Wars, you don't have Pixar. Wow. Not only that, uh, in 2001, some 390,000 people in the UK put their religion, in a census, as uh, Jedi. That was what they said their religion was. That's 400,000 people in the UK said that. I actually put the same thing on my uh, application <laughs> yeah, when I applied right. for the CBC. <laughs> went all the way to the top. Uh, and uh, they had uh, filled those out and found out that it would be uh, recognized as a real religion if they would do that, and uh, wow. they tried that out. But uh, in 2009, this is something crazy, because not only does it inspire art and all those different things, but it also inspires people to come together and uh, and to get to know each other more just <clears throat> by this commonality of something like Star Wars. But in 2009, Barry Beneke donated a kidney to Josh Weiselberg. The two have never met in person, but they only have known each other through an online uh, group of people that talk about Star Wars and collectibles. Uh, so it's simple. The, uh, no Star Wars, no kidney for Josh in this Dude. situation. Not yeah. you, but another another Josh W, though. Um, and this is not the only instance together. of strangers donating uh, kidneys and organs to other Star Wars fans. So without Star Wars, we wouldn't have uh, Pixar. We wouldn't have... Uh, these 400,000 people that claim Jedi as a religion, we, this one dude wouldn't have a kidney, and we also wouldn't have Marvel. Now, Marvel started way before Star Wars, but during that time, in 1977, they were on the brink of bankruptcy. And uh, Star Wars had asked them to do six-episode run of Star Wars comics. And during that time, with the <clears throat> unprecedented uh, you know, the explosion of popularity with Star Wars, uh, that gave them enough money to keep going. And we wouldn't wow. have all these Star Wars. So you don't have Pixar, you don't have... Dude, uh, it's 
it's kind of crazy hearing all that. Like, what has been more influential on our culture in the last right? 50 years? I mean, I'm sure they're like, you can, oh, yeah. sure. there's going to be things you could answer. Well, like, but so it's another one. Like, you couldn't say a whole lot. Like, if you're right. just looking at it, I mean, beyond cinema and things like that. Like, what about Jesus? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm not saying it is. No, but like a pop but, culture things. Yeah, but like the, the modern day. <laughs> You know, mega millions is Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe, right? Yeah. But up until I think the Phase Four, you can see Star Wars influence because every single movie of Phase Four, someone gets their right arm chopped off. Oh, really? Because of Luke. That's funny. In Empire Strikes Back. But so it's one of those like weird things. Like yeah, we watched they, uh, Ant Man, and mm-hmm. I won't do too many spoilers with this one. But there's a whole cantina scene in Ant Man, mm-hmm. just inspired by. Uh, you know, Star Wars. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I also put here, uh, this whole series is about how to have hope in the face of unbeatable odds and impossible scenarios. Uh, and there's no amount of people that you could ever count to, to figure out what that number would be of people that that's inspired to just to go on and to try. Yeah. You think about it, it's all hung, really, this whole franchise is hung on this uh, one shot, you know, that mm. Luke makes. Yeah. <laughs> and against all odds. Uh, we, uh, Josh and I went, uh, I think you were busy that night, to the uh, May the 4th. Uh, I had the stomach flu. Oh, that's what I, yeah, yeah. Shh, busy. Yeah, he was busy. Yeah, all right. Busy throwing up. <clears throat> did you feel the force at all? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we went over to the Robinson Gramercy Theater across our parking lot, and there was a R2-D2, and there was really, I mean, I don't know, how many people do you think was there? You're the best at counting numbers like that. I would think, I mean, a few hundred at least. I yeah, there was definitely a few um, hundred. I would yeah. say almost probably five or six. Yeah, it uh, was packed in there. And there was people dressed up, and it was awesome. Yeah. And you just see old and young people going together to to enjoy yeah. Star Wars. The amount of amazing. people there that you'd hear say, "Oh, I watched this in what was it '77 mm-hmm. uh, at the Grand." Back when they were kids, and right. they were taking their kids or their grandkids or to, their to brand go watch it. Kids. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that was cool. My shout out to my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was for Empire Strikes Back. My dad will listen to this and text me in a little bit and tell me I was wrong. But uh, the, he and my mom saw Empire Strikes Back, which I think was '82 or somewhere around there, uh, at the drive-in in Kentucky, or maybe it was West Virginia, West Virginia, where they, where they were living at the time. And they left, and I think it was a Pinto. Ford Pinto that they had a yeah. car and it was the first time he had the high beams on the, uh, the, the, the steering column the switch and so he uh, walked he drove out of the drive-in or maybe it was just a movie theater hitting the high beams going pew 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 pew, pew <laughs> like recreating everything he just witnessed That's in Empire great. Strikes Rich, Back what a silly goose good That's job awesome. dad I'm yeah. proud of you I thought of it as you were speaking the one that I was the, this poor Anakin guy my, my, this poor Anakin guy. Okay, I do remember Maybe that. Maybe Vader yeah. someday later. Now he's just a small fry. <laughs> Sorry. That's I knew it. I was going to I knew it was Anakin, but like, I can't remember yeah, right, anything right, about right, it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I am a huge star. I couldn't go with those guys that night, but I stayed home watching. I've been watching actually ever since then. I've just been going back rewatching all of them. I love all things Star Wars. TV shows, the games, everything. Uh, I looked up some fun facts couple different things and uh this is kind of a sore spot but george lucas has remade these movies over and over and over and over again spoiler 
actually no, just facts. Han shot first. Yes. Right. I know he got to be all like, oh, Han's such a good guy. He changed the whole movie. He's merciful. But there's a lot of things that he changed. Right. Uh, one in particular that is one of my favorite scenes that he changed. So originally, in the original cut, which I read, you cannot find the original cut anywhere. Yeah, right. Because oh, how many times he has changed it. it. He right. has oh, a copy, wow. I'm sure. Right. Hmm. But that, no, you can't even find one without purchasing like original DVDs of the ones with the puppets instead of the oh, CGI. Yeah. 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 Noah was, came home from watching the, on, at the fourth and was like, hey, I don't <laughs> Everybody was so mad ones. about it. And uh, you can't do it. Yeah, it's wild. But like the one in particular scene uh, is in uh, New Hope, so episode four, when Chewbacca and Han are going to get the Millennium Falcon ready and they come across Jabba waiting on them. That was not in the original right. scene. And one of the crazy things ab- about that, if you watch it closely, it makes no sense because originally Jabba was not supposed to be a giant like space lizard. He was actually a person. He was a person. And so there's a scene of him and Han dialoguing with together and he walks around him. But then they, then later when he remade the movie, he added that scene back into it and then made Jabba what he was. He put this, and if you go back and watch the original that we would have seen, it was a terrible like animation of what Jabba looked like. Yeah. And so, but the problem was, how is Han walking around him? Mm-hmm. So then he remade it again, and he had to make him step over his tail. Mm-hmm. But he stepped on his tail, and it's the worst animation you've ever seen. And yeah. then Jabba goes, ah, like yeah, yeah, that, yeah, just yeah, in yeah. reaction <laughs> of him right. stepping on yeah. his tail. But I found a bunch of different things like that, like different things that were messed up or things that <clears throat> were changed. One thing I thought was interesting is when George Lucas originally wrote the script for the movie, it actually contained, the script actually contained over 200 pages, all three movies that we know would be the original trilogy. That's what he submitted to all these studios. And it was 21st or 20th Century Fox that picked it up. And they were like, you got to cut this down. So he cut it down to what we know as the first one. Then he turned it into a trilogy. But originally it was going to be one big long movie. But one of the things that he had in mind at the end of the movie was the very, one of the very last lines, this is wild, is that after... Luke and Darth Vader would have fought and he would have won. Mm-hmm. He would have taken Darth Vader's helmet and put it on and said, I am now Vader. Oh, jeez. That was originally one of the things that George you, Lucas had in his mind. I thought you were going to say, I am now your father. I am now your father. <laughs> like, who's your dad now? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been even a better line. I love stuff like that, though. Like things that, like, you see what kind of thoughts they had in mind, uh, but then also some things they changed. Originally, Yoda was going to be played by a monkey wearing a mask. So, you know, I would have hated that. Uh, you've heard my stories of monkeys right. on this podcast. Uh, but Yoda was uh, created by Lucasfilm, but puppeted by, y'all know, and voiced by Frank Oz. Frank Oz. Okay. But because Lucasfilm made him, and not Jim Henson, he is not considered a Muppet. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Right. But he is voiced by the same person, Frank Oz, who does Miss Piggy, oh, nice. Yoda, and Cookie Monster. That's great. So if you ever watch like any of those shows and you hear it, there are certain lines that all those characters do that you just like. You just like that's clearly Miss right. Piggy speaking yeah. to Luke right there. Huh. It's just kind of wild. Well, there's tons of uh, characters in <clears throat> even in some of like the Mandalorian where there was some the dudes in the tree. I think in this last season, but yeah, that were like that's Jim Henson's work. You know, yeah. you can still see it even though he's passed away. Yeah, that's the cool thing with the new one, the new shows that they brought a lot of the puppetry back. Right, and. For our observant fans, actually, I guess you really can't see it. Grogu has been on our set here in Weird Faith ever since the beginning. He's right back here behind our Dwight bobblehead. Uh, there's a disc golf disc back there with Grogu on it. 
Yeah, so he's been there. Yeah. I see it when I walk ever in. Since. I can't see him from this angle though. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so he's back there. Kind of a bummer. I don't, I don't know if I have any Star Wars stuff. No, I don't have any. Fine. One of the cool things as a dad. I did throw Vader on the table here. There if he you, is. Maybe you saw this. I'm trying really hard to like get my kids, especially Sadie, to watch Star Wars with me. Yeah. She loves the Clone Wars mm-hmm. TV show, which they're amazing. Yeah. But specifically, like, there's six episodes. It's all droids. Mm-hmm. She calls them all robots. And so there was a period of time where she'd wake up every morning, have her morning routine, <clears> as well, <throat> give her breakfast, and let her watch something before uh, babysitter gets there. So can I watch robots this morning? I'm like, yes, because yeah, I'm going to yeah. watch something that I want to watch with you. Yeah, not Miss yeah. Rachel, not <laughs> Muppet Babies, which I do love, or Bluey. I want to watch. And so the other day I was watching one of the prequels. Uh, I think it was uh, Clone Wars, the Attack of the Clones, excuse me. And she's like, is that robots? But your version? I'm like, yes, yeah. it's my version of robots. I, I like this movie. I'm like, yeah, you do. No, we used to call them B-Bots. 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 B-B-Bots. Cool. You guys got any other weird facts? Um... Let's see. Uh, What's the weirdest thing about you, Scott? What's the weirdest thing about... Oh, that's what I thought was interesting. Depending on which movie Wait, you what? watched, oh. in one movie, Yoda had three toes, and in another movie, he had four toes. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, pay that's attention, people. species species works. <laughs> he, he evolved over time and developed more. another toe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's all, all right. I got, though. So, <clears throat> before we get any further into some real content... <laughs> <laughs> that was the real content. We're done. <laughs> uh, I thought we'd play a quick game today. Um, I was introduced to this game called Super Fight not long ago, and it is a blast. So what you do is you pull a character card and then two attributes. Okay. So I could pull um, Scott McClure, but he has two left hands, and he's wearing a tutu or something like that. Um, so if that's my character, that's my fighter, then Phil would pull a character card, two attributes, and see if he could beat me. So uh, I have for you guys, I'm going to give both of you a character each round from Star Wars that are in a face-off. Okay. And then I'm going to give two attributes to each one, and you have to make the case for why your character would be the winner. Okay. And we'd love to hear from you guys in the comments, too. This is a nice little break from 30-second sermons and that stuff. So It'll be back. Uh, but you guys got to make... Your case strong. I think that's really, right, really right, what matters right. here. So, uh, round one. All right. So, Phil, I'm going to give you R two D two. Yes. Okay. And Scott, you're getting BB eight. Mm. But Phil, your R two D two has literal jazz hands <laughs> and is riding a flying narwhal. Okay. So be thinking. And Scott, your BB eight can control plants. And shoots glitter. All right, make your cases. So I'm going first. Yeah. And the case is why they would... Why you would win in a fight. Or why they would win in a yeah, fight. Yeah, it's I Super did. Fight. Star Wars edition. So I don't know a He's lot R2-D2. about BB-8 and what it can do besides basically be a soccer ball with the rest, <laughs> thing the, the rest of it. But, Hasbro made a lot of dude, money off of him. Sure, that's why sure. he's, he's cute. That's, that's he's cute, but shot. I don't know. But he gave a thumbs up in the movie with a torch. That was pretty cool, right? <laughs> but I didn't had never seen him shock anybody or you know unlock doors. He shocked or, me with his bravery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that part. I'll have to watch that over again. Uh, so he's also so it's R two D two can fly, help fly planes and everything too, right? Yeah, and narwhals apparently. And and now he has a narwhal. Uh, is it narwhal or narwhal? Narwhal. 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 Yeah. 
uh, and uh, he also has jazz hands, which makes him so much more capable. Uh, so I think good spirits, though. Yeah, yeah, right. I think he's gonna just shoot BB-8 like a basketball <laughs> into a hoop with his jazz hands. There and we go. He's gonna then celebrate with his flying narwhal. All right, Scott. BB-8 so a lot of the premise of plants. Bill's argument was based off movie facts, and mine be based off of what Josh actually gave us. Mm. Uh, so not just and also by the way, why was it that he could only in the original movies? R2-D2 just rolls around and flies a plane. Yes. The prequels, he's got like rockets. He can shock people. And the sequel trilogy, he's a glorified trash can. That's all he is. Okay, BB-8, what was it? Shoots glitter, controls plants. He can control plants. There are some plants that have the ability to consume objects. Like, you know, those things that like creepy things, like not like in like uh, Mario, but I can't remember what those things are called. They can eat things. Fly traps. Those things. He can tell you to swallow R2-D2 right up if he tries to fight, he's going to shoot glitter and try to blind them, right? So he's basically it's, poison ivy. He's poison <laughs> ivy with the ability to throw glitter at you. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll give the first one to Scott. Uh, Just out of pity. The, <laughs> controlling the plants goes a long way, and I think you emphasize that enough to where I'll get to from there. Did, did um, Kenny wet his plants, though? He can control them. Uh, R2-D2 is the better droid. Oh, I'll give you that. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, There's like, not even a contest. All right. I like it. I like BB-8. I don't He's adorable. Wrong yeah, it's great. He was built for toys. Being heroic, I think <laughs> the first movie R2D2, R2-D2 contributes way more. Gets the message to where it needs to go against all odds. Yes, and against after the, being abducted by right whatever they're sand called, people, the sand right? people, and he shows up in other things other than the movies. Mm. He's also in Rogue One. He just in the background, kind of. A cool oh thing. yeah, yeah. But it wasn't just. He's like one of the only characters. I think he and 3PR are the only characters in every single movie. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. All right. We got to move. All right. So next round, Phil, you get Darth Maul. Okay. And Scott gets Darth Vader. Oh. Uh, but Phil, your Darth Maul is balancing on a circus ball and controls an army of flying monkeys. Okay. Uh-huh. So Darth Maul, balancing on a circus ball, controls an army of flying monkeys. Uh, Scott, Darth Vader, walking 12 wiener dogs. <laughs> And throws ninja stars. <laughs> All right, go. Scott, you go first. Hey, oh. Have you ever seen a wiener dog? I own one. You own one. <laughs> so imagine 12 it's, sullies. Yeah. That sounds But if Darth <laughs> Vader was there, who has the force, and it has been known that they can use the force to manipulate animals to do things according to their will, mm-hmm. I know for a fact he can manipulate those dogs through the force to eat you. Right. Sully, I know, has been tempted. Like, when, he, when you... Starve him, which I know you do all the time. <laughs> he is—he's just sitting there. He's just sitting there waiting to eat you. Now and then, what was the other one? Ninja stars. Yeah. Not only can he throw them, he can use the force to make him go wherever he wants. He has perfect and precise aim. Oh, okay. Good aim with the ninja stars. And he can pull him back. All right. So it's endless. So Darth Maul, uh, as far as like creepy looking, uh, you know, what do you call him? I can't even think of. Not Jedi's. What is Sith? It? Sith. Sith. Yeah, uh, he just looks like Satan. Uh, just, <laughs> we're just gonna say it. Yeah, uh, he can't. As far as you know, uh, aggression and uh, those things go, he doesn't get talked about enough. He doesn't. I, a... I, I, I like it. from the prequel things. As far as you know, things that they made him and then Grievous was in the Grievous. Dude, I was gonna say too. Yeah, he, uh, he's a cool character. What? Too. Yeah, very cool. And very he, cool. it's a big in the Clone Wars, right? Yeah, watch the Clone Wars yeah. shows because. 
Maul, Darth Maul and Grievous are amazing. That's much bigger, mm. yeah. Okay. Uh, so we've got flying monkeys, though. Another just scary thing. If you've ever watched the uh, original Wizard, Wizard of Oz, there's yeah. some creepy uh, monkeys. What was the other? Oh, balancing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously balancing on a, a, a what kind of ball? Circus ball. Circus ball. Yeah, hey, that's going to make things a little bit hard. But it's also going to disorient the the dogs. Like he's gonna, I, I know your dog can't hardly skill. get up on the couch, it, yeah. let alone up on a circus ball. Now, if Darth Vader starts throwing the wiener dogs, <laughs> then I do think there is trouble. I thought you were going to say ninja stars because it made more sense. <laughs> nah, nah. He's got the other wiener dogs. Throw but but Darth, Darth Maul, he, can, he has the force too, right? Can he, he manipulate I, I, I think any so I asked AI uh-huh. to give me an image. I will post this later on social media for you guys of Darth Vader or Darth Maul on, on a balancing ball. There's one flying monkey next to him. Yeah, that's but all uh, that's awesome. So fun stuff you can do on the internet now. <laughs> awesome. All right. Basically, gotta, all the things that we create in this in these episodes, we could totally turn into absolutely yeah. beautiful works of art. Uh, I'm gonna give Phil the win on that one. Okay, I'm good with that. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right. So next one, let's get a couple more. Uh, Phil, Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. Scott, Obi-Wan. All right. Luke Skywalker is wearing a flaming tutu and has a skunk on a stick. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Two winning cards there. Uh, Obi-Wan is armed with a nail gun and is wearing sharpened stilettos. Oh, geez. Yeah. All right, Phil, you're up first. Has a skunk on a stick, wearing a flaming tutu. Can I be honest with you? <laughs> I'd appreciate that. I, as far as characters go, Luke is not my favorite. He's kind of whiny. He's kind of whiny. Oh, uh, <laughs> Dude. I, we left the movie the other day, me and Noah, and uh, we saw um, Luke say to his uncle, what's his Owen. name? Owen. Owen. But I wanted to go to Tashi Station to get power converters. <laughs> it's just like that, too. To get power converters. So Noah and I have been saying that whenever we don't want to do something. That's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to use that now. So that and then the whole thing with like him falling in love with his sister. Well, well. Now he's got a flying tutu. I mean, a, a, a flaming tutu. What was the other? Oh, a skunk on a stick. Seems stick. like it's not helpful to you. The, st- Dude, the stick cannot be long enough it's to help you. Choice over a lightsaber. Right? Yeah. So I. Are you bowing out on this one? I, <laughs> I don't have much to say in favor. Hey, seriously, of, like, so I did a character bracket the other day uh-huh. where you go through, and I didn't even realize until I did the bracket, Luke lost like round one for me, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't even realize right. that I wouldn't have. Han is better. So by so oh, far, hundred percent incredible. All right, Scott, do you I want to make like a Jar quick Jar argument? Jar I mean, Phil doesn't even want to fight here. All right, so it's Obi-Wan Kenobi with what? Armed with a nail gun, wearing sharpened stilettos. So he's going to walk over to Luke, shoot him with a nail gun, and then do a, a scissor kick with those stilettos <laughs> right in the face, and he's gone. All right, you win. <laughs> <laughs> Scott gets the win on that round. All right, here we go. This is going to be an interesting one. All right, Phil, you get the Mandalorian. Okay. Scott, you get Boba Fett. Okay. Gave Grogu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, but okay, Mandalorian, right? Has vertigo. <laughs> oh jeez. And everything he touches turns to hummus. Okay. <laughs> Sounds delicious. <laughs> Boba Fett is a hundred stories tall, oh, and shoots bees from his mouth. 
Dude, I've, you've gotten the worst attributes. <laughs> but make your case. All right, Scott's up first anyway. I'm just going to do this here. So he may be 100 stories tall, but he's so small that they thought he couldn't even carry his own show. I'm just going to throw him under the bus here. I'm going to let Phil get this one. Your char- he didn't think he your, could do Your character is 100 stories tall. I know. I'm saying Boba Fett, Fett is 100 stories tall, but he's so oh, small saying, okay. that they didn't think he could carry his own show, so they had to redeem it by bringing in right. the Mandalorian to fix it. Halfway through. And Grogu to like, oh, now he saved the day. What's Boba Fett doing over there? He should have been dead in the Sarlacc pit a long time ago. Anyways, he also shoots bees from his mouth. That did absolutely nothing to kill a Sarlacc, so I don't think it's going to do anything against Phil. Or yeah. his character. Yeah. So you're bowing out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, I'm just getting. If you haven't known humble. this, Star Wars fans are more toxic than any other fan base in the world, including Guys, Yankees, Red Sox, and Mountaineers. Okay, I thought this would be more competitive. <laughs> I no, threw that one out. One thing that you do have to realize too is bees love hummus, and the bees <laughs> would just turn to hummus. It's like a, yeah. a honey flavored hummus, right? So It'd be delicious. So yeah, what is this? Anything he what? <laughs> Everything he touches. So. so it's honestly an underrated. Yeah, attribute. absolutely. Like, if he all he has to do is touch this hundred-story tall person, and he's going to turn to hundred. And he's feeding an entire planet when he does it. Hey, Amen. So, Look at that. All right, Phil gets the dub on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you guys keep back. So it, I had channeled it's aggression. Tied up now I was going to move on, but it's tied up. I need you guys to actually fight on this okay. fifth one. Like literally fight. Yes. yes. We'll get absolutely. our lightsabers back out. Yeah. Pull them out. Oh, blue and red. They're ready to go. Purple. <laughs> All right, so last one. Uh, Phil, you get Chewbacca. Mm. Scott. Does Chewbacca sound again? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I'm <laughs> 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 like a baby goat. Can you do uh, one? No. You can do one. No, I've I heard can. you do it. I've not done that. Yeah, you do it all you the time. You do it. I hear you down the hall all the time. That's good. Come on. <laughs> it's normally when your eyes are closed. <laughs> All right, so Phil gets Chewbacca. Okay. Scott, you have Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> All right. But, uh, Phil, worse. you're Chewbacca. <laughs> Can't stop clapping. And he's Amish. <laughs> so he has to shave. I, I don't know. Uh, and then Jabba really has to pee and is armed with Cupid's bow. Aww. All right, so who's up first on this one, Phil? Okay, so... The Pennsylvania Dutch are notoriously hard workers. Yeah. They can raise a barn in an afternoon. Uh, great food, too. Uh, shoot pot pie and, and all that. Uh, and Chewbacca is also a very tough person. He's mm-hmm. always just in the thick of the fight without even really being a great fighter, I wouldn't necessarily call him. He throws people a lot and can shoot his uh, bow and arrow laser thing. I don't know why. <clears throat> It's shaped like a bow. I'm not sure how that helps him. Uh, it just looks cool. What was the other thing? Uh, is uh, Can't stop clapping. Can't stop clapping. Right. He That's just like knows it's over too. before he even <laughs> starts. He's applauding so it's himself. it's for himself, yeah. Uh, hard worker, just, you know, strong as all get out. Great chess player, too. Mm, uh, yeah. No one ever talks about that. So yeah. All right. <clears throat> strong argument. All right. So Jabba, armed with Cupid's bow, really, really has to Jabba's be. just a worm. You know, you made a good case. He's bowing out. <laughs> <laughs> but think about another character who can do absolutely nothing except sit there, eat, and drink, and he terrorifies people. Dude, but he's like a kingpin. He, he literally he's he's got, like, he enslaves people. He's got armies. And what does he do? He just is intimidating, I guess. 
So yes, he has to go pee all the time. You would too if you just sit around and ate and drank all day long. Doesn't even care. But listen, <laughs> I know he's got a cute little crossbow Chewbacca over there, but it would do nothing. Maybe this is actually how he builds those armories. He shoots people with Cupid's arrows and he just falls in love with them. He becomes his best friend because what do you do to his other best friend? He throws him in carbonite. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. Um, I, you know, one one thing I don't think we're considering: Amish Chewbacca is is the crossbow like too advanced technology? I think so. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I liked Phil's case a little bit better. So I'm, <laughs> I did too. It's okay. <laughs> <That was laughs> once you once you oh, gave no, me Java, I was like, that was oh, hard hey, to no. defend. Hats Java. off to both yeah. of you guys for that last round. It was great. That scene um, where he licks. Didn't he lick Leia or something? He like just that? gets really close. I saw ah. him like, in a, like it's just him talking. Oh, okay, okay. And that little dude though with him, that's like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. How'd that go? That's a, like a, his another, sound effects are amazing. It's another Jim Henson uh, yeah, puppet. puppet that uh, I just I'm a sucker for those. Yeah. Well, good stuff there, guys. So uh, I'm gonna show all you weirdos here in just a couple minutes why we chose Star Wars to talk about. Uh, but I wanted to lead by telling you about a very challenging book that. We read a few years ago. So in 2020, Phil and Val and I read a book together called Rejection Proof. Where were you, Scott? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's say it's, it's sitting not around really... like Job of the Hut, doing absolutely nothing, <laughs> just peeing all day long. And just <laughs> off. Yeah. It was before uh, he was born. <laughs> uh, no, we just didn't think Scott was a big enough Star Wars fan for us. Yeah. So, no, it is, uh, this didn't have anything to do with Star Wars here. Uh, we read this book called Rejection Proof. Uh, to sum up the idea of where this book came from, this guy, I can't even remember his name, and I didn't look I'm it up sure for the either. podcast, if you want to find that mm-hmm. for me. Uh, he was terrified of rejection, though. It had really kind of, like, shaped his life and um, given him, like, I, he was just afraid to try anything. So he decided to face his fears head on and started a video blog series called 100 Days of Rejection. What's his name? <clears throat> Jai Jang. Jai Jang. Uh, so he started a video blog series called 100 Days of Rejection, and he went on a quest for 100 days straight. He would video himself asking for like crazy favors, looking for outrageous opportunities that would surely lead him to hear the word no. He was trying to hear no more so that he could practice dealing with that. Um, the weirdest thing started happening, though. Uh, the more confident he became, the more people just kept saying yes to him. So through the 100 days, he found himself playing soccer in the backyard of a stranger's house that he just pulled up to, or piloting a private airplane with the owner while having zero flight experience. Uh, He even got a police officer uh, to pull over and let him drive the cop car. Uh, Did this guy turn into like a YouTube thing? Yeah. Oh, I've seen the videos. I never knew it was a book. It turned into a huge deal. He wrote this book. TED Talk. Okay, that's what it was. The TED Talk is amazing. Uh, I think it's less than 20 minutes. Mm. Uh, just get on YouTube and watch the TED Talk. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, he, this police officer let him drive his cop car. Like, that doesn't even seem legal. Um, one of the most famous things he asked for was he asked a Krispy Kreme donut employee to create the Olympics logo with donuts, like color and everything. And she dropped everything and made it happen just because he asked. And he actually kind of made her famous through that. I think That's she cool. spoke at these big in, uh, engagements, and it was it was a really cool thing. So you can look this up. You can go watch the videos, 100 Days of Rejection. And I highly encourage you to read that book, Rejection Proof. Uh, but there was one part of the book that changed the way that I just started going about my everyday life. 
Um, the writer, writer talked about how we tend to miss out on cool opportunities and new experiences and new relationships because we fail to be curious about things. And we fail to uh, ask questions about things that might be uh, new to us, right? Like that's just something, like we tend to just stick to what we know right. and we don't lead with curiosity. We don't ask questions. We don't let wonder lead us into understanding new things and understanding new people. Uh, so when we see something new or foreign to us, our natural reaction most of the time is to close ourselves off. And, you know, like, well, that's just not me. Like, I'm going to build up walls for protection and security and make sure I don't wander off into something unknown. Uh, High School Musical said it over and over in that song, stick to the status quo, mm-hmm. right? Don't go beyond the limitations of the mold that you are supposed to fit in. We say people's answers for them. We before we ever even ask, well, they're going to say no. So that's what happens. Yeah, like, why not be curious and ask questions? He started talking about when somebody did tell him no, he'd, okay, well, like, not to sound rude, but just can I ask you why you said that? Or can I ask you why you felt that way? Uh, And he was like, man, I just assumed everybody would say no about everything. Um, I think even some of the people who said no when he started just having – conversations with them they'd like change their mind like right oh you know what like nothing to do with him at all yeah Yeah. and it was just like something based on their experiences why why they looked at life a certain way or every time we get a no we immediately find feel like it's like something to do with our value or our competence Mm -hmm. when often has very little to do with us yeah absolutely when we fail to let curiosity lead us to understand things uh, by asking questions and letting wonder kind of guide us we miss out on opportunities. We lose the possibility of new friendships and understanding things uh, to give us a more rich life. Uh, so a few weeks after reading this, I came across an opportunity. Uh, I was driving through downtown Clarksburg, and it was getting late. And I was tired. And there to my left, I see Jackson Square, and there was a crowd of people dueling with lightsabers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, so, you know, kind of like did a little triple take, like, what? Like, what's going on over there? I'd heard of people who did that, and I, I'd never really seen it. Um, now, I like Star Wars, and I love people being passionate about the things they do. But let me be honest with you. The first thing I thought, like, seriously, the first thing that flashed in my mind, I kind of scoffed and was like, dude, that's kind of lame. Yeah, like, sure, right. w- you know, that's weird. Like, uh, But I caught myself because I remembered reading, like, the weeks leading up to that, I just reading about this, like, no, don't just like close things off like be curious ask questions so that's what i did uh i caught myself and i decided i was gonna go back and i turned my car around and i went and hung out with these people for like half an hour Uh, i asked a bunch of questions everything i could think of and i learned a lot about their organization uh we have a video we're gonna share real quick of me hanging out with my new friends out there there it is so that's very similar to uh Uh, i think i look like mace windu yeah. A lot there. Uh-huh. Uh, so I picked purple. They had an armory. They had a whole thing of lightsabers and let me pick a color. Uh, <laughs> funny story. They actually were making fun of me pretty bad there. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't hear the audio, but they're saying things like, oh, man, I remember my first lightsaber. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how I looked in my bedroom the first day I got a lightsaber uh, because I started learning that they go through legit training and they wouldn't so they let me do that but they wouldn't let me actually duel anyone right. because i wasn't certified and trained yeah. and i hadn't done a personality test that tells me if i'm 
Jedi, Sith, or like what color lightsaber I would be, they stick to their color and everything. Like it's they take it very seriously. And uh, the more I talked to them, the more I was like, man, this is really cool. They talked about how they go, you know, to hospitals, like children's hospitals, and perform for the kids. And um, we actually saw them perform at the end of the uh, May the Fourth showing at the Robinson Grand. Mm -hmm. They did this big performance, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was really neat. It was really well done. Um, but you know, I could have just like scoffed, kept going, but I decided to be curious and go ask questions and learn about something new that might've been different for me. Um, but it opened up, you know, the possibility to meet new people and to make new friends and things like that. So I made the decision that day to lean into curiosity instead of closing myself off to something foreign. Right. Um, so how are we ever going to experience new things and meet new people and most importantly, I kind of want to focus on like how do we build new relationships to people if we're afraid to do anything outside of our norm? Um, you know, the the culture around us might tell us to build and maintain walls that you know keep us in our cliques and and away from uh, anything foreign. But when we take our cues from Christ, we learn that we need to look for ways to build bridges to relate to people. Uh, I love what Paul wrote in First Corinthians nine. He says. He talks about his freedom and what he does with the freedom that Christ has given him. He says, though I am free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew so that I could win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those who are under the law. Uh, to those having... Uh, not having the law became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. Uh, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that all possible means I might save some. Uh, I do this all for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessing. So here's basically what Paul's saying here. I become all things for all people. I look for ways to relate to people and to level with people and to learn people so that I can be rich in relationships and find opportunities to glow with Christ for the world around me, right? And obviously, like, short of sin, you know, Paul's not like, he didn't say, I become like a murderer for the murderers. <laughs> and like, you know, like, he's drawing lines, but, you know, we can look for ways, and, and the Bible is clear here that, like, we can find so many ways to relate to people and to open ourselves to like, okay, I might not go to Jackson Square every Monday night and do the whole lightsaber thing in this right. Jedi organization, but like, sure, I can embrace that if it means building a bridge to somebody and building a relationship to somebody. Well, you have the opposite is uh, the Pharisees, right? Where they found ways to divide themselves and to make themselves feel better than other people. And Paul's saying, I'm getting on the same level. I'm not changing, you know, what I believe mm. or, you know, my following, you know, how I follow Christ. But I can sit with a sinner, quote unquote, and eat food with them. Or I yeah. can, you know, stop and talk to this person that other people look down on um, and, and become like down to earth, you yeah. know, and normal. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was like, you know, their biggest problem with Jesus is like, you're not fitting the social molds right. and like adhering to the barriers that we all create for ourselves. Why are you sitting with sinners? Why are you sitting with tax collectors? Right. And yeah. you know, Jesus is like, dude, that I came for the sick. Like yeah. 
Like mm-hmm. the sick need a doctor. I'm that healer. You and the Pharisees were sick too, and they just didn't know it. They right. couldn't admit it. But yeah, that's that's a, a great point there. I uh, I love. I feel like you could sum up Paul's attitude here with. Uh, I think it. I should have looked this up. I'm terrible at fact checking myself, but I think it was Bruce Lee's quote: "Be water." Is that right? I think it was. That. I think it was his phrase. He says, "Be water." Um, but what he means by that is be flexible and bendable for what your circumstances require, right? What does water do if you put it in a certain shaped mold? It fits that thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've always thought that when I read that from Paul, I'm like, oh, it's like be water, like be flexible. Don't you don't have to like like find ways to like fill in that mold and to be flexible and bendable toward to. Uh, to what your circumstances are for the good of others, right? To build relationships with people, we become like water. We fill whatever mold is necessary so that we might build bridges and develop relationships instead of being stiff and closed off to other people. So um, I just want to challenge you guys, and and I want to hear from these guys too, but look for opportunities to trade that scoff in the cold shoulder for a new experience that might bring you to understand someone else more fully, build bridges, and build relationships with people we don't have to adhere to the you know social walls that are built up around us all the time i just watched um the mean girls play at Mm -hmm, rcb and that's like a dominating theme in that like it's a pivotal moment when uh, the new student gets to the lunchroom and they're like no like you don't understand you can't sit there 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 i need to let you know which clicks are which and you need to find a lane and stay in it right but we're called to like stretch ourselves into all lanes right. and and find ways to relate to all people so yeah i uh that this is such a culturally uh you know important thing for us to be thinking about right now because people are tending to paint other people as the worst and uh, if you talk to uh you know someone that's a you know and i'm not getting into politics or but this is a way a place that we see this very prevalent prevalently where you, you know democrats will say republicans are all like this and, and republicans will say yeah. democrats are all like this and right you have a conversation with that person you ask them if they know any people that are republicans uh that would happen too back uh when it, during the civil rights era where if you would uh do a study and they did this with classrooms uh someone that grew up uh around people of other ethnicities they were much more open to those people than uh, people that grew up having never known those people. And the distance that we create between us and other people causes, uh, it helps us to view them as less than us. Mm. Uh, and that's what we see here. You had distance between us driving by, and when you came close to people, like Jesus came close to people, all of a sudden, now it's not these weird LARPers. It's, you know... <laughs> Kevin, this dude that is really into it, his dad, you yeah. know, showed introduced him to it, and his dad passed away, and now this is the bit, you know, there's, oh, a, story there's a story behind, behind this person, person exactly, rather, and a, and a name and a face rather than, uh, you know, just this when we stand at a distance and um, judge people and criticize people, we can, uh, you know, just cause disunity and cause friction between us and. Uh, I was uh, just while you were talking, it reminded me of something I heard recently, not recently, a couple of years ago, but uh, we lost a giant in the Christian faith over the last few days. Tim Keller, a fantastic pastor, theologian, and writer. 
and he always lived by his idea of being winsome. I don't know if he said I can't. I've been looking the entire time, like be winsome in order to win some. some yeah. Yeah. And so it's also the whole thing with what he tied a lot to what Paul said. I want to be all things, all people. And his idea was being winsome is uh, the idea of being a, attractive or appealing in your thought or in your character. Um, and it sounds like a way like your people came at him saying, "Hey, are you compromising on truth in order to do this?" He said, "No, I'm just making what I believe appealing." Right. Yeah. And and part of the ways you do that is by showing up for people and like right. showing genuine interest in people. Uh, I had lunch today with one of my, one of my friends and uh, his girlfriend was with him. She says, Hey, what do you love about Drew? Shout out Drew. If you're listening, what do you love about Drew? And I said, he has a supernatural ability to just love people before he meets them. Like they're not that. That's really cool. It's like there are people who have that ability. I'm just going to confess. I don't have that natural ability. It's, I do love you all, but like it takes me a second to get to know you and get to know your story. But there's some people who just have the ability when they when you walk in the room, you're already loved by people, mm-hmm. um, and and that winsome idea and that winsome characteristic is something truly uh, special. Like for that example, like just by showing someone, hey, I'm interested in what you do, I want to understand what you do. It, yeah. You show an amount of grace and uh, authenticity that most people don't use in today's culture. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I I remember hearing about G.K. Chesterton, mm-hmm. who was very much like like Tim Keller said, like this guy. Uh, I don't remember exactly. I know he was before. Like he was one of the reasons C.S. Lewis converted to Christianity. But one of the most appealing things about him and his ministry was just how much he loved the people who would oppose him. Mm-hmm. And there's stories about him, you know, agreeing to go to these filled out arenas to just be, you know, slammed by somebody who opposed him and just would come at his throat. And they said like, man, he would just show up with this like charm, like, like stumbling onto the stage with his papers all scattered everywhere and like laughing, laughing at himself, laughing at the jokes that other people said about him and his, uh, he had this rule like he would say yeah i'll go fill out these stadiums and debate against you but afterwards you you have to let me take you to the pub mm-hmm. and we're gonna you know enjoy a meal together and we're gonna spend time together and like you said we're gonna become real people for each other right. instead yeah. of just enemies fighting on a stage and people who opposed him and disagreed with him on every level would say like i've never seen anything like it i've never met anything like this man I'll never see anything like it again. The way that he just had this like childlike laugh and joy about him. And uh, so it was, it made a big, big difference to the people on the outside who would say like, Oh, like he's just, he's just not a jerk to people. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what, I mean, church history, that's what changed the world 2000 years ago. Yeah. Is that the Christian church that started in 2000 years ago was appealing to people. I mean, people were being cared for that were never cared for. Widows were being taken care of. Orphans were being taken care of. Babies who were being who were about to be thrown off a cliff right. were being taken care of. People who were being going to be executed were being taken care for. They showed an extra level of compassion that the world's only seen in one other person. That was Jesus. Right. And I think we get so far away from that sometimes. We get stuck in dogma. We get stuck in tradition, and we lose sight of that. And I've been there's a, it's been a thought in my head for the last like week and a half. I'm in, I'm still trying to work this out and process it. But I think our uh, our inability to extend compassion is directly connected to our inability to see people beyond 
their issues. Does that make sense? So when we see somebody, all we see is what they struggle with. We only see a homeless person. We only see a a an addict. We don't see a person. Well, we see right? we don't see a person who has differences. A, yeah, rather than what we shared in similarities that we're all people who that, struggle with sin and who struggle with yeah real issues. And yeah. and so we don't see them as a person mm-hmm. who has a deep story. That if we just took the time to say, you know, beneath the surface, you know. Get go away from surface level conversation. Go up to a person and say, "Hey, what's your story?" It will change everything. Yeah. And you change how you show compassion. It'll show you'll get compassion right back. Yeah. And then you get to the point where, at the end of the day, at the end of the conversation, you and that person may disagree on every single thing except for the fact that they walked away feeling loved by you. Right. Yeah. That's good. And you're going to get into a lot more doors that other people can't mm-hmm. uh, when you're that way. When you're open to criticism and you apologize when you're wrong and you are curious about what other people believe. Now, a way to create yourself a nice little quote unquote kingdom of people that are just like you is to call out everything and everybody else and to agree with everybody else in your little circle. And that's appealing to us uh, in our flesh to, uh, you know, I'm going to just find these people that are just like me and I'm going to then point fingers at everybody else and build this little, you know, community of people that are just the same. If you don't think you do that, just look through your social media algorithms. Right. You've created it. Yeah. Everyone and, you follow agrees like you right. most of the time. Yeah. And that's what it's always, always eye opening to me when I have those conversations with people that oh, maybe aren't a follower of Christ or don't have the same, you know, worldview as I do that they are always better people than I would have believed them to be right. before. Yeah. Uh, very now and then it also has gone the opposite way where I have had conversations with and this actually has happened more often where people that have believed just like me and I'm like, oh man. You really went you down. Know, like, oh geez. <laughs> you know, I I don't know that I want to, you know, we might agree on theology, but you know, you're kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, right. And 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 there are probably pe- people that have said that about me at times, and, and I would hope to carry myself in a way that that wouldn't happen. But uh, but to be curious yeah. is going to be a place of learning. And that's, that's what we've, uh, in our culture right now, we don't think anybody else can teach us anything. Because we have, you know, in our mind, all the knowledge of the world in our fingertips, and we can figure everything out. And we can tell what things are true and what things are not. We think we have this story on every single person. You know, it's wild though. So the person we say we follow, Jesus, mm-hmm. Son of God, God in flesh, had all knowledge, all power, was still curious. Absolutely. Not that he didn't know. Right. He just showed interest in people. Yeah, yeah there's and something he's, like, special. Like you've seen the story like, of him at the woman at the well. Yeah. He knew her entire story, right. but yet was asking her questions. Yeah. to have conversation with her to show that he was making it personal with her. And that's what I've really appreciated. Um, I've, I've heard Scott say this several times to people now. He's just saying, or asking the question, what's your story? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we met, shout out to our good friend, uh, Jordan Casto. The mm-hmm. first time I think Scott and I both met him was last fall. And we were around some other youth pastors. And uh, I remember, well, you weren't a youth pastor at the time. Some other, we were around some other pastors. I was a re- youth pastor in recovery. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I remember he just kind of showed up there, and none of us had done a great job at that point. Oh, we were terrible. 
it's like including him in conversation and i don't know why like we just didn't know he back, was I'm like man we were, we're kind of jerks yeah well, <laughs> yeah like we just totally kind of dropped the ball on like being curious but then scott finally looked over and just that was like the, his first words to him what's your story and we got to hear jordan talk about his life and what the last few years had been like for him and how he had started ministry recently and we just loved hearing his story now um you know we've had other encounters with him and he's a great friend of ours i'm gonna uh, see him tomorrow hey that's awesome yeah he's yeah. awesome uh did you have something i thought i cut you off there um well we want to challenge you guys to be curious right you're you're gonna find ways to build bridges and to understand people better to build those relationships if you ask questions and you're curious about what what is this person's story before you you know cast stones and throw judgment at people ask why are they doing that thing? Right. Why are they interested in that? Why is that part of their life? Wouldn't we you want know to know the truth anyway? Yeah. Like, not just our assumption of people, but wouldn't we rather know the real reasons? Yeah. And even if we disagree with the conclusion, to know the reason humanizes people. Mm -hmm. And I've had that happen with me with conversations with people. It's like, well, I don't agree with what you've decided to do because of what's happened to you, but I can agree what's happened to you is terrible. And, and I get how that would create a desire in you to, to want to fix that in some way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe find like, try to catch yourself like I did before you make a snap judgment or judge or criticize something that you don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. Like try to like, Hey, now's a good time for me to go instead, like ask this person about their story or explore and ask questions and, and lead with curiosity. So yeah. it'll take you a lot further with relationships and um, open you up to some some new things and to some new people. So like this. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, hey, we want to. <laughs> it's very hard to do. Awesome. Awesome. I I've been yeah. That's why I'm like I'm like man. Should I bring this this other one back out? Hey, it's third word. Uh, <laughs> This thing is a beast right here. So. Well, actually. Oh, there you go. Oh, now, so that's Darth Maul, right? The Amazon version. <laughs> Dude, that thing's a computer. Dude, this thing. Is that's going to take over the universe, crazy. so turn it off. I feel off. like I should t turn it off before I... You're going to erase all of Zach's <laughs> settings. I'm no Zach, he broke it into your toy. I'm, uh, dude, I'm trying to turn it off. It's not turning off. I think you're messing it up. Uh, Set it down and walk away. All right. It's going to explode. All right, hold on. I think I'm good now. There we go. Okay. I'm good. Zach, if you're watching and you're holding your breath, wasn't that red when fine. you got in here? I think it Nose was. Nose blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, we did, Scott and I did a quiz. I, I know we're trying to wrap things up here. We did a quiz on what color lightsaber we would be. We're going to say on three. One, two, three. Green. Oh, you uh, wanted green? No, I actually was hoping for purple. Because oh, I was like the mine. purple one the best. That's why I picked it the video. But I got I got blue for my personality. One fun fact to finish out that I I wanted to say earlier, there was a point where before Phantom Menace came out, there was conversations before Samuel Jackson Samuel L Jackson agreed. The first choice apparently from George Lucas was Tupac. Huh, huh. Interesting. interesting. And that they, yeah. he had had conversations with him, but they couldn't make an agreement. And then hmm. we all know that Tupac was the following year that he died. Wow. So, yeah. We almost had Tupac. That'd been a very hmm. different Mace yeah. window. Yeah, that's so I think I was gonna say too uh, that it was 43 years ago today, I believe, that it was uh, Empire Strikes Back was released, 
And honestly, of the yeah. first Crazy. six, that one might be the best. That's the best. Yeah, it's, it's super good. good. Um, but yeah, hey, uh, we are glad that you joined us for this episode today. Even if you're not a Star Wars nerd, uh, I hope you enjoyed you some of the conversation, some of the super fights. Uh, make sure you drop in the comments. Let us know what impacted you from today. Maybe you want to jump in on one of their super fights. Or let us know how you find an opportunity to lead with curiosity and how that might open up some some new paths and some new opportunities and new friendships for you. So And make um, sure you comment this video in particular. Make sure it's on YouTube or on, on Facebook or something because we may or may not have some type of giveaway ooh. for the next episode. So yes. make sure that you comment and... Uh, Sorry, Janie, if uh, something <laughs> happens and yours gets deleted, I don't... Yeah, there's a quote, Scott. Yoda. Do or do not. There is no there try. There is no yeah. try. So just do it, One Janie. thing you should... <laughs> another thing you should do, and not just try, smash that subscribe button. Yes. If you haven't, and find somebody... Like, if this has been impactful to you, I, we love hearing the feedback from people. Uh, share this with somebody else. We'd love to have some new weirdos join yeah. in and listen, but... Uh, wrapping things up, may the force, force be, be with, with you, you. all. Yes. Phil, what do you got to tell? Let's get weird, because normal isn't working. We love you, weirdos. Ah. <laughs>